Ladies and gentlemen, hello. It is, it is your boy Sam Gilstrap and his fabulous guest Laura Lounge. Hello, everyone hello. on the internet. This is another episode, episode twelve of the revamped, new and improved The Ghost Lights podcast. Big ups. We're on Podbean and iTunes. Subscribe now. Give me that five star review. It really helps. Even if you hate me, um, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to milk this for everything I possibly can. You know. What do- what would you do to earn those extra stars? Those extra stars? Uh-huh. I, I don't, there's no telling how low I'll go. <laughs> let's, let's be very clear. I, I'm not a man who's so worried about his pride. Like, I can come off as arrogant, but I'll do anything. You want me to mas- massage those feet? Whip them out of those boots, Lonzy. Oh! Let's go. I, I, don't, I was going to give you five stars anyway, but I didn't know that there was bargaining going on. Well, see, there you go. There, there you have it. Wonderful. Let's, let's make it happen. Um, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes, you Before can. you ask me a question, which Absolutely. is so rude no, as a guest. don't. Ask away. Else's show. Ask away. Um, why um, did you, or did you choose that song for a particular reason to be your... Um, honestly, I watched a documentary about the brothers who make up the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Uh-huh. And it is... I, it, this was the song that they played like throughout like it was their big song at the time they recorded the documentary uh-huh and it was i just i just love that opening yeah the opening is just so smooth it, it builds to a specific point that i can like oh that's the point where i want to start turning it down nice and get you ramped up mainly because i'm a big fan thank you mm-hmm. um yeah hypnotic brass ensemble folks the song is war download the track on itunes so they keep letting me use their song unofficially as my theme song <laughs> Um, but also send me your requests if you've got something along the same lines as Hypnotic Brass Ensemble that you'd like to see me play at the top because we're looking to change the opening theme song because... Switch it up. Switch it up. And I don't want to get uh, sued. <laughs> so When your podcast gets really big yeah. and famous. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can I, see that. I hope you get sued. It would be fun to like kind of play the Larry Flint role of this. Like, <laughs> just get in my wheelchair I'm sorry, that's not, that's, that's, not, not nice. that's not nice to people in wheelchairs. <laughs> but um, I'm not really worried about Larry, Fint, Larry, Larry Flint coming after me because I don't, I don't traffic in... Um, the pornography? Pornographies. <laughs> I don't traffic in it. Bummer. That does not mean I do not enjoy the pornographies. Mm. I just don't traffic in it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So how about that for an awkward introduction <laughs> to, to who I am and what we do here? <laughs> Laura, thanks for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad we were able to, to sit down. You uh-huh. you saw an up an upload a while back and said we gotta do this and I'm really glad we worked it out. Yeah, I'm um a big fan of promoting and uh not promoting, but promoting our art form mm-hmm. and talking about it. Absolutely. And um you and I have had great conversations, not for the internet, mm-hmm. so why not just let the internet Judge um, our conversations. Judge our conversations. Totally. Boring or informative or non-exciting or... Well, I think this is going to be plenty exciting because me and you are both okay. amped up on caffeine. It's true. It's true. We both just got done teaching our youths. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah, they, they are our future, but they're also our current pain in the background. <laughs> so just yeah. know, hug it out with them, love them up, and uh, um, medicate as necessary. <laughs> Whatever that right. is. Yeah. I'm choosing caffeine at the moment. It's a great choice. It it's is. a great choice. Uh-huh. Um, so, Laura, you are aware of many hats. I we, am. We go back way, 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 way in the in the past, at least for me. 
in, in my the Denver spot. community. In yeah, the Denver this community. was one of my first ones. But you are a linchpin in the Catamounts out in Boulder. Oh, with the Catamounts out in Boulder. Uh, I I am. I what do you suppose. do for them besides um, besides hawk your wares on stage? <laughs> I um have been involved with them. I I believe this is my fifth season. Mm. It might be my fourth season. Um, two seasons ago, I became company member. And then um, just this year, I became um, our community relations director. So um, that's an umbrella term for we didn't know what to call me. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but I, I like the ring of it. It sounds really good. It sounds um, extremely important. In it does. It does. It sounds really important. And also, like, I get a lot of work done nice um and i do it yeah. just happens to look like socialization to a lot of people oh okay <laughs> but, so you're not you're not just a mingler you're also working you're on the clock oh yeah nice oh yeah good i'm always on the clock <laughs> so call look, me call, call her we'll post her number with the podcast yeah don't be creepy though <laughs> don't, don't be, be creepy, creepy. Uh-huh. um so what do what specifically do you do as the community outreach leader um so right now, I think we're kind of figuring that out as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda Berg Wilson, our Ooh. founding director and artistic director, um, is just she. If you want to talk about a person that wears many hats, mm-hmm. I mean, she's definitely that. Um, and in a leadership role, as she's wearing all those different hats, which I commend her immensely. But. Um, Something had to give, mm-hmm. and so um, she asked me to step up and help. Right now, I'm helping with sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do anything, have anything to do with sales, because mm-hmm. you know, as an actor, how nerve-wracking that is Absolutely. to, on top of having to perform, having to worry about people in the seats. Yeah. Um, but I think we're discovering this season that I'm actually really good at that. Hmm. So just because I don't want to do it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a right fit for me. Totally. Um, so I don't know. It's Arts management's really hard. I have a degree in arts management. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very hard to cold call people or even reach out to your subscriber base and ask for money mm-hmm. and... Um, we're just not, unfortunately, um, American society does not embrace the arts as much as, I mean, I would like, yeah. or I think is needed in for humanity. Um, our current administ- administration certainly isn't. I, pre- I prefer to call um, it a regime. The regime, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of hints of fascism yeah. about, Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um... Trying to keep that hope alive, I guess, in the community, and just um, spreading the word that is the Catamounts and Theater for the Adventurous Palette. It is a very, it, it is a good word from the Catamounts. What what do you have going on next? This I've seen pictures of you out in the field. Are you like making oh. crop circles? What's oh. happening? <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Ah, see. Let's just put a, a pin in that. that. I'm gonna text my um, text group for Roush. About that. So, um, our next full production is mm. called Roush. It is um, devised immersive work, mm. which means um, devised means that we're all we're coming up with it ourselves, and um, uh, I mean with the guidance of um, Patrick Mueller and Amanda Berg Wilson. Patrick Mueller is with um, his company is Control Group, which mm. is a predominantly dance 
um, dance and movement based. Um, and Rausch is the German word for loosely translated, uh, is the word for intoxication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're gonna, and immersive, there's this huge wave of immersive theater nationally and internationally. Um, immersive basically is just anything that is not in a traditional stage. Mm-hmm. So Rausch, I'm trying to figure out what I, what I, um, am allowed to say and what uh, I'm not allowed to yes. say because we want to keep a lot of it. It is going to be such a great show that I want a lot of it to be surprised, but it's going to be, um, um, at a boulder trailhead. Okay. So it is out, outdoors in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. We are, um, tackling this theme of intoxication and losing yourself in the wilderness and what you find um there that you can't find in um I don't know I guess we would call it like um governed society. Oh okay. I was what, like, I was what happens to... when you lose yourself in the nice. wilderness? So basically. it's not like into the wild meets beer fest. Um, when you actually... say intoxication and I don't know. Nature. That's kind of a really cool way of looking at it. I mean, it is only a 90-minute program, so mm. it's not fully into the wild, totally. but... Um, yeah, at least you get to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you take that, if you're on that bus, that bus works and you can go home. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's been so wonderful. I mean, this is the kind of work that really um, fires me up. And that I'm super excited to go to rehearsal. I mean, I love the rehearsal process in general, but especially this kind of work and working with Patrick from Control Group and Mm -hmm. the dancers that he brought in. Um, It's just a really great company of people. And um, to be able to create with people whose predominant discipline is different than yours Mm -hmm. is really um, exciting and challenging and... um, Sometimes hilarious because there's, um, we have a different vocabulary Absolutely. and, yeah. and so like trying yeah. to make those worlds come together is fun and sometimes laughter ensues. So that's a great segue into how did you get involved into theater and, and or should say acting at all? Like what happened for you? Oh, um, <laughs> um, I was a youth of, um, I guess we would call it um, an overactive imagination, oh. <laughs> like most actors mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got, let me think, I guess through church is the oh. way that I got into theater, into full productions and my first professional work, mm-hmm. because um, we did Habitat for Humanity every summer, and so as our major fundraiser... When I was in like sixth grade, we started doing plays in the spring, and we got so good at them that um, our youth minister was like, "We should hire a professional director to come in and um, and direct these shows because the kids are like it so much mm-hmm. and it's for such a great cause." So by the time my class was in high school, we were doing. Um, Noises Off and You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and um, uh, what else? Oh, we did Shakespeare. We did, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking right now. Anyway, mm. we did uh, we did full productions, and 
one spring, I think it was for Noises Off, we raised like $80,000 in, yeah, in the month of March from shows, um, which is probably to date the most money I've ever, um, the Need most income of money yeah. I've ever had during a show. <laughs> but, um, but it, I mean, it was awesome. Mm. And so, and then that director, uh, he's the founder and... I think he's still the artistic director. Last time I was home, he was doing a show there. Um, but um, he ran the Keegan Theater in D.C. and has been nominated for Helen Hayes Awards. And, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. So that's mm. what got me started. Nice. Yeah. When you when we crossed paths doing Romeo and Juliet, and I think it was like... Oh, my God. Ought 7? 2007? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was like my first show out here at Vintage. That yeah. was a terrible show. You hated that? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was Wait a like second. not a good show. Wait a second. You hated you hated my pre-show hype up sessions? No, I did not hate that. Okay. What, what did that have to do, no, I'm, do with what again, happened on stage? Again, I'm not I'm not below like groveling for pity. I mean, I love listen, <laughs> I love Rob Kramer. Yeah. I love everyone that was in all 20 people that were involved. There, were, there was a lot of people in that studio it was apartment. Too, too much. Mm-hmm. It was too much, too much, and not enough editing. And it just, I don't know. Use your words. It was <laughs> Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube. That's our safety word for That's the night. That's our safety word. That's right. Don't get fired. <laughs> I don't think Rob would take it personally. Oh, no. no, not at all. So be the, be or a, Enzo. No. Or who else? Is Enzo, we... sorry, Nana. Big sorry, Nana. Team. What's that? He's out there in New York. Yeah. Rocking it. Yeah, I went through El Paso this mm-hmm. fall, um, and I was like, you know what? I should hit up Enzo and see what the hot spots, because he grew up there. Nice. And he texted me back, like, immediately. Nice. And, like, gave me this long list of He's, like, one of the nicest guys I've ever Indeed. met. Indeed. I hope you're doing well out there in... I don't I'm know. T- he's probably living in hipster. He's deep oh. in hipsterville. I'm oh, sure. 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 <laughs> yeah. He was like, "This is how much I." I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something that could get me fired. Ooh, I can't when, wait. When when I showed up for my first rehearsal and I saw this guy get off a motorcycle in tight jeans, oh. and I was like, "Who's that guy <laughs> playing?" And then Luke Allen Terry told me, "Oh, he's our Romeo." I was like. <laughs> Of course he's our fucking Romeo. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy. He's like straight out of Central Casting, this douchebag. Mm-hmm. The nicest fucking man. Very nice guy. <laughs> I, I've learned that. Like, if I Usually if I bring any form of hostility into anything, I'm usually having to swallow my words because they're, they turn out to be really nice. Yeah. And so it's a sweetheart. Sure. And we did a show together later, and he was really gracious. And we love Patton Oswalt, which... I didn't anticipate. Yeah, I love Enzo. Oh. So big ups to you. Yeah, yeah, Patton's <laughs> so, great. When you started doing that show, how was you? How would you describe your love affair with theater at that point in time? Was it changing? So I had just graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, From? I had, uh, the College of Charleston, which I'm super excited. Where we made March Madness. Yeah, we're part of the bracket, and yeah. like. It that hasn't today. happened in like twenty years. It started like, today. I hope you're following them. Um, yeah, they're they're playing tonight at like nine nine fifteen or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to wrap this up because Michigan plays later too. Okay, great, yeah. <laughs> great. So Let's talk theater. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but I'm really proud of CFC. So um, the CFC had a great theater department. I chose them mainly because it was a party school and beautiful and. Mm. 
um, I didn't want to go to conservatory. Okay. Um, I wanted to have a life because I think artists that get too insular, mm. any kind of art, if you get too insular in your, um, in your, uh, what am Process? I trying to say? Yeah, and like the community that you're around, mm. if everybody's doing the same thing, you don't really have a whole wealth of life experience to draw from. And yeah. as actors, that's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I was just, and I was like this in high school too. I was in the theater program, but also very much not. Mm. And um, did a lot of design and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I graduated and then I chose Denver because. Um, I didn't want to go to Chicago or New York mm-hmm. and compete with the same people that I had been competing with to in get college. roles in college. And I love it out here. I love the culture and I love um, that part of my extended family lives out here, which I had never lived near them before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really anxious. I think I was excited to, at that point, the Romeo and Juliet time, um, I was really excited to just meet everybody you know you're you've got that bright-eyed bushy-tailed like Mm -hmm. I have a degree and I'm going to I'm gonna be a star and then you quickly realize that it's not about that (laughs) at all and it shouldn't be and if you really want to grow as an artist it shouldn't be about me at all it should be about we Mm -hmm. and um I don't know so so that was a really exciting time I also I think a year after that um I started working with Terry Dodd um, at at Senior Housing... Yeah, rest Mm. in peace, Terry. Um, At Senior Housing Options with some of the best actors I've ever worked with. Um, And, um, yeah, kind of jumped from there. Um, I took some years off Mm -hmm. um, out of necessity... But also, I didn't really want to. My father passed away, mm. and that was, like, really terrible time for me. Um, and I, and so I felt like once I got back into it, mm. I um, tried to keep doing exactly what I was doing before. But that's the thing with growth and with life. You can't yeah. do, go at something exactly like you did before. And so it took me even longer to realize that Mm. um and then I felt like I was behind and like I don't know there were actors in town that I felt like were getting the parts that I had worked up like I had I felt very behind Mm -hmm. I don't know um but I realized that was all self-inflicted and um started to grow a lot about what I wanted what I wanted to see in theater Mm. It wasn't necessarily about, I want this role, I'm going to work at every theater in town, I'm going to meet everybody in town, I'm going to work with every director. I think that I really honed into my artistry Mm -hmm. and um, found my point of view, and luckily that matched up with what this house, this beautiful theater uh, theater company that Amanda had built... And, um, when she asked me to be a part of it, I was, uh, thrilled, Mm. um, because she and I have very similar, um, very similar ideologies about what kind of 
work should be being produced, what kind of point of view um, she wants the catamounts. I mean, her eye is really, really great and really, really specific and um, and classy, too. Mm. And um, so, yeah, so now we're here. And yeah. I haven't... I realized the other day, I have only done... I haven't, or how, how do I phrase this? I haven't, um, haven't done anything but a premiere, but new work in the last five years. Mm. And that's, to me, is everything. I don't want to, I don't think it's challenging our audiences and I don't think it's challenging me as a performer mm. to be doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, um... I mean, each theater has their own thing to offer. And Absolutely. I mean, if the classics are your thing, like, go for it. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, um, I think I'm sitting pretty if that's my goal. And yeah. I haven't done that in years. So That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how, when you, we were talking about, like, challenging the audience. Mm. What, what exactly are we challenging them? Are we challenging them with their viewpoint or how they, I mean, their actions? Like, what does, that, what does that encompass for you? How do you define that? Well, I think it can happen in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, from a sheerly technical perspective, um, this the hyper-realism of the 80s and 90s, um, and, like, just even how proscenium-style theater is in general, you're really... Um, it's a very, it puts your audience in a very, um, relaxed, um, just viewer. Mm-hmm. It's it, not, it separates them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. And, and the, so when I was working with Keegan theater and when I was like, even in high school doing those old shows, we always did everything in the round. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just not accustomed to that separation. And also, because we're in such a Hollywood movie culture or Netflix culture, which is, I love it just as much as the next guy, it's just very, it can be very, um, not lazy, but just, um, I can't think of the right word right now, but it just puts you in a very relaxed mm-hmm. state, right? I think one of the things, like, when you're talking about, like, Netflix type theater basically is this something that is easily consumed? Yes, without, consumable. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to we're say. Not, uh-huh. Where, like, I mean, if you're what, like, for me, I'm right now, mm-hmm. I am back into my Star Trek: The Next Generation thing, and the mm-hmm. reason why is because it's easy. I really don't need to think about it, right? And I can just put it on, and it just and in John, um, I can't even Jean Luc Picard takes yeah. me where I want him to take me. Patrick Stewart just right. takes me away. Right. That's what I want. And when we see theater like that consistently, mm-hmm. if that's all we're seeing, then our perspective isn't being challenged. Right. And we get too comfortable and we start right. locking and, ourselves out. Yeah. And that's surely just from like a positioning of the audience type thing. But when you're looking at like what this immersive theater movement is doing, mm-hmm. we are challenging you to be present so much so that you are trying to figure out what's reality and what's not. Mm-hmm. What I'm most interested in is um, is theater that 
cannot be a movie. Mm. It has to be theater. Yeah. That's the medium that I love. I have no interest in seeing how a seeing something that could be just on screen. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's the only way we're going to survive as a medium is by taking advantage of the things that Hollywood cannot do. Mm-hmm. Like sensory experiences, um smells, environment, um, interaction mm-hmm. b- between people. It's not as isolate, isol- it doesn't isolate you mm-hmm. as a viewer. Um, it builds community and builds the audience to start a dialogue mm-hmm. so that when they, and not to say that traditional theater can't do that. I just like to see where it goes, how far we can push the boundaries mm-hmm. in this, immersive style oh yeah i would totally yeah. agree with you I, I mean i did a terrible 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 show <laughs> we've all been there yeah i think everybody that listens to this podcast is like mm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we don't even i don't even need to give you a name or a location <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you this we we did a show in a gutted um mechanic shop that was immersive Ooh. And, uh... I love it. Yeah. I would have been there every night. They turned it into a stage, like, they turned it into a proscenium theater, okay. but they, they utilized the entire thing, which is really cool. Yeah. From that perspective, like, bringing the audience on a tour of these episodes of terror is oh. really interesting. Having That's also frightening. Yeah. Having <laughs> actors, having actors show up as the, the audience shows up and join the group and do nothing for the first three scenes, and then pull one of themselves out of the group, and then lead them to a firing range, is, Jesus. yeah, you're really kind of like, that's powerful stuff. From that perspective, without going into the, the, the nitty gritty on the uh, not fully realized script, and the poor translation from an right. Argentinian language, like, that stuff, you can't help but be moved by that, whether it frightens you, makes you angry. Right. Or even if you decide that this is too real, I got to shut this off. And then you can ask yourself the question, why is that too real for me? Right. Why did I have to shut myself off for me? Right. Um, how, with that hunger for that type of theater, mm-hmm. how has that impacted your, has, has that always been what you wanted in terms of how you go about your process? Like flushing out your characters? Oh, as an actor or as a director? As an actor. And then tell me about your directing. Um... Um, as an actor, I think that, um, our, well, our goal always is with the story, Mm -hmm. right? And is to tell the story as honestly as we can. Um, I don't know. And that just varies so, so much from show to show. I guess I don't really understand it from an actor the question from an acting standpoint mm. but from a directing standpoint has it always been my yeah. goal to have some sort of immersive quality or or at least to viscerally grab the audience well yeah i mean the last full production that i did mm-hmm. um <laughs> was the edges um first show um and that mm. was extremities yes. um the way that i which is not a happy <laughs> so, that's a very visceral show. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
Which actually Rick came to me with that script. I didn't come to him with it. He was like, what do you think about this one? And mm-hmm. I was like, of course you came to me with this edgy, edgy, <laughs> crazy script. But um, uh, I did that in Thrust and put Jason Maxwell was my rapist in that show. And I put the I put his back <laughs> to the audience in the fireplace. Mm. They they bombard him in the fireplace, or she imprisons him after he tries to attempts to rape her. Mm. Um, and so I think I've been doing that immersive style, that different perspective shift mm-hmm. for a very long time. I chose to have his back to the audience so that it would be easier almost to try and um, um, feel bad for him, Mm. um, to empathize with him, because you just see her being so mad at him. That's what the audience mainly sees. And he's just trapped in this fireplace. So I wanted to challenge the audience. I wanted to see how far I could push it, Mm. see if you could forget what this man was trying to do to her. and see, see where the battle lines were drawn, I guess. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess I've always been interested in telling stories from different perspectives and non-traditional perspectives. Mm. When you're flushing out a character, mm-hmm. um, do you ask yourself questions that you would ask of society in terms of like, involving them involving the audience do you so when you're like my wants and needs for a given moment are you like what is the more audience challenging choice do you think like that oh when i'm acting hmm yeah Hmm. well see so um i've only been is this true yeah i've only been acting with the catamounts for the last few years Mm -hmm. so the, the shows that Sonia and Amanda choose, Sonia's our literary manager mm-hmm. and um, Amanda's obviously our artistic director, so she's the final say. Um, in the, sh- the shows that they, they choose are so, um, they're very textured in regard to um, challenging the audience um, societally, politically, um, in regards to feminism, mm-hmm. they're they're very dense like that, um, but also really hilarious. Yeah. I don't know how they find all these great shows, but mm-hmm. um, uh, so I think the first thing I do a whole I'm I do it like I'm still in college, even mm-hmm. though I never turned in these worksheets in college, like not a single assignment. Of course, not. I still <laughs> use the character breakdown worksheets that yeah. I was given in college that have those questions on them. And like, it forces me to sit down and think about what is, what's your relationship with the person that you're talking to currently? What masks is this character wearing? Um, I actually like really sit there and do my homework with that. Um, mainly, um, because it's fun Hmm. and then you get so much more out of the script um, and then in turn the audience does. I don't know if the audience ever notices that, you know, wow, Laura Lounge must have really thought about how, yeah. how She really went deep liberal... dive on that question 30 yeah. in the back of the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That the liberal media, I could really see in scene three that mm-hmm. it was referencing that now. Right. Um, but I think that as artists, the more, pro- we have a responsibility to 
not just go and recite the lines. And it definitely shows. I mean, you know, you've worked with actors where you can tell the difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I used to be one of those actors that just found his mark and recited the lines. Yeah. And I felt personally nothing. Right. And that bothered me. Yeah. And and when I now work with actors who I don't feel are... are like, I don't, like, if we're doing a, an epic drama, I don't want you to be inconsolable after the show. Because there's some level of, like, inner strength that you build up. Like, like a boxer. Like, I think of actors sometimes as boxers. Like, sure. So much of what we do is we take punishment to know what we can deal with. And yeah. Then, and, and, and then we just learn how to fight in and around that. Um, yeah. We, we've got to be able to take our lumps and not carry it to the next stage of our lives um but i i, I do want to see you get hit like right if we're not if we're not pinching each other um stealing a a phrase from uh, james o'hagan murphy's podcast like if we're not pinching each other every other line or at least at least once a page then we're we're not we're not even scratching the surface yeah and, and and some would say like you need to be pinching them on every line Right. There is no hesitation between that. It's always a give and a take. It's sure. it's a it's a punch counter punch to keep the boxing metaphor going. Mm-hmm. And super super exciting to work with those people that want to play back. Yeah. And um yeah, what I struggle with actually I'm just thinking about this mm-hmm. is um um this battle between head and heart. I think that the, the reason that I love working with certain actors mm-hmm. that are not as I can get pretty clinical when I approach a character. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking about my friggin' worksheet that I <laughs> fill out. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes I get way too text-based in, you know, punctuation and rhythm and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like performing and rehearsals with people who really lead with their heart mm-hmm. and have the emotional through line way before they have the um, intellectual through line because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really nice balance and challenge for me. Um, there are certain actors that just consistently come with their heart and mm-hmm. I love working with them. Matthew Bloodsmith is one of them. That is, He always knows his emotional journey before and Absolutely. Curtis Johns works in yeah. the same way. Um, sorry, I'm just thinking of men right now just because I'm usually paired in a, in a scene mm-hmm. I'll, them, but I agree with you. Those two guys for sure. When I've, I've read opposite Curtis a couple of times, me and Matthew have played with each other in a couple of instances. Yeah. Um, but we're, for, I mean, we could definitely do a deep dive on some women that just have this, that try everything emotionally first. Yeah. By the time we get to tech week, they've then sorted out the journey, the intellectual right. journey that ties everything together yeah. and sorting those moments out is, is, is really cool to watch that, watch that happen. Yeah. Because for me, I don't know if this is what you're going for. The actor that is trying anything that they feel in the moment, every rehearsal is the one that keeps me on my toes and, for sure. and keeps me fluid. Doesn't lock me in. Cause right. if I can, if I can understand that Laura is going to say the same three lines in the same way with, with me every single night, I get lazy and if something happens mm-hmm. whether it's that's not even your responsibility mm-hmm. but i can have the tendency to get lazy there and if something happens that we then got to pull ourselves out of sure if i'm if i'm not if i'm not dancing with you it, it, it could it could derail the entire thing right right mm-hmm. and then there's the other component of when you finally put it in front of an audience and there this whole other energy 
Mm-hmm. You have to be listening at all times. Absolutely. Like, and well, we've been saying a lot in Rush. Um, we got you. Got to be prepared to kill your babies. Mm. And we're just using that reference with our creative babies in terms of editing our wealth of text that we've accumulated mm. as a cast. Um, but I think that on stage, you have to constantly tote that um, that line between. Um, doing what you did in rehearsal and being true to what the director wants the vision of the piece to be, Absolutely. but also um, being really okay with, okay, that beat didn't nail, so how that's that's got to be okay. We got to let that go, and how are we gonna mm-hmm. um, react honestly to the moment and still get back on track with what Definitely. what we did in rehearsal? Don't ham it up out there. I know, which is. I know, it's hard. It's extremely difficult. It's hard when people start laughing at your jokes. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was doing Guards of the Taj, and like it was opening night, and I'd, I had this section, succession of lines talking about a transportable hole. And, I, and, and it wasn't until opening night in front of that audience where it dawned on me after the first time I said it, go for the rule of three. Mm-hmm. So I was like, transportable hole, audience chuckles. Transportable hole, more audience chuckles. And so, and I did, of course, did it the third time, and I got, yeah. a lot of, got a lot of payoff on that. And so then the next night, I tried to go for four. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. no. You just stick to the four, stick to the three, mm-hmm. and you're good. But like, mm-hmm. the more... You, Don't push your luck. The more I'm like, come on, laugh at me, I'm so funny. Yeah, yeah. Which... Well, and that's why I've... Sorry to interrupt No, no, you. don't. Um, this is your time. I, um, I've loved... I love working with Brian Cusick, and... Yes. Um... But Chelsea Fry is also an improv actor. This is that was my through line of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fun working with improv actors, mm-hmm. and Chelsea and I have just had so much fun in rehearsal, just playing, because they are so trained to not self judge mm-hmm. and just let it flow. And like, I learned so much from that, and so much of that can carry over into performance and how you tackle your own demons and such mm-hmm. um anyway i love working with improv actors i don't really understand why there's such a um it just feels to me like we're really insular sometimes yeah. no they're definitely separated yeah separated like i mean yeah. you have some people like lauren ballman and jessica ostigen who are like pretty popular yeah. in both both walks of our those communities sure and but aside from that there, there's not a lot of bleed through on either side like i Right. I I was at I was at Voodoo a couple of days ago, and I remembered when Kevin Lowry was working right here in town before we went off to New York, and how he was big into makeshift Shakespeare. Yeah, I think that was the the, the improv group. Yeah, but he was also doing work all over town at main stage productions. Yeah, and I think you just don't see that. Yeah, and just his full time <coughs> at you know the Denver Center, and mm-hmm. um, it's just there's a lot. I, I'm really seeking, and I think I kind of. Um, spoke a little bit to this about Roush. I'm really interested in interdisciplinary work mm. and not necessarily just like working with improv actors. That was just more of a statement about how I like to play in rehearsal. But um, my focus right now is um, trying to get us as artists to come together. Mm. Whether you're or not you're a musician, you're a dancer, you're an actor... Um, visual artists, um, how can we come together 
And how do we tell stories similarly and differently? Mm -hmm. And how can we honor those two things? And how can we shed light on those things for audiences? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times... Um, in the Denver community, well, now I've no, we've now we've been here for ten years, yeah. you know, um, more than. Yeah. Um, over the course of that time, I just I I don't want to do theater for theater people anymore, mm. and I feel like we deserve and our audiences deserve for we should expect more than that out of ourselves, and. Um, a lot of the time it still feels like that to me. And, um, I think the more that we support other mediums, the more we can expand our audience space. Mm, So like with feed, that's what we try to do with feed. That's what, um, what is feed again? Feed is, uh, the catamounts program started by, um, Lauren Shepard is our event director. Um, that was her brainchild. We're, we've now done 21 feeds. Mm. I've only been involved with a handful, but I just directed our 21st and our first one in Denver. Um, feed is a coursed out pairing of theater, music, uh, food, and beverage um, that is uh, all based on a theme. So we work creatively with chefs, musicians, um, I hate the term mixologist, but like, mm. like somebody that creates craft cocktails or brewers, mm-hmm. like we worked with Wildwoods a lot, um, yeah. to, they made the beer for you on the moors and I guess. They did. They yeah. did for our community meal. Yeah. Um, uh, so we, everything is centered on a theme so that the audience gets it's a curated evening. Yeah. Um, so we just finished Feed Love. Um, at Infinite Monkey Theorem? No, we didn't end up doing it there. We did oh. it at Voco Studios. Okay. Which is a marketing firm that they have an event space. Um, and it was beautiful. Nice. Technically, it was immersive. Okay. Uh, also, I mean, you don't have to be out in the wilderness for it to be immersive no, theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could be in an old... What did you say? It was a oh god, an gas old station? an old gutted mechanic shop. Oh yeah, yeah. You could be there. Yeah. You could be on the Boulder Trail. You could be in a event space. You could um, be at a mall and get stuck in a flash mob. And yeah. It possible. Oh yeah, that's yeah. theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so feed is just don't be really in a public restroom when that happens. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> did that happen to you? I kind of wish it was just. A, <laughs> I wish it was performance theater. It was just it was just a homeless guy that was really mad at his dick. Oh, bummer. Yeah, because it wasn't working. Oh. And he was and he was drunk and angry. Oh no! Yeah. He probably has no medical care to get that. Che- probably not. Checked out. Yeah, probably. So it's like it's sad. You, but also it's pretty also funny. also really funny, but then terrifying. So scary, yeah. Because like, <laughs> I I was at a I was at a pretty nice bar. Oh wow! And then this guy just showed up. So I mean. Well, he never. Story. Well, we never made eye contact. Uh huh. You heard. Well, you heard all of this. From I was story. in the stall next to him. Uh huh. So I'm like, oh, I'm not done, but I'm done. <laughs> I can take care of this when I get home. That's hilarious. Flush white or white flush zip. Get out. Wash my hands. Always wash my hands. <laughs> I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm I, I'm a I'm a fucking gentleman. 
And then I and then I got out of there. Positive the in- hygiene. Yeah, and uh-huh. the entire time he was very upset that he uh, wasn't peeing, and he was mad at his uh, his, his his penis. Owie. Um, Rubik's cube. So <laughs> it's too late to call Rubik's is it, cube. Is it? Is it? If I if I if I spill the whole beat, yeah, you're probably, right. <laughs> probably right. All right. So no no calling for the safe word there. No mm-hmm. safe word calls there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so performance could, theater can happen anywhere. Is what we're theater trying to can say. happen anywhere. Yeah, it, um, it should sometimes. It's really cool that you offer so many, I mean, speaking of theater for the adventurous palette, it's really cool that a thing like Feed uh-huh. tackles so many, so many things artistically. Yeah, Making I mean. Making food and drinks and so on and so forth. It's a really, really beautiful program that they've started. Um, me, uh, the very first thing that I loved about it was uh, this sense of community that it builds mm-hmm. because it's, oh, the Catamounts also, if you don't know, every Saturday performance of our full productions, we have community meal afterwards mm-hmm. where we have a specialty brew, like you were talking about with Wildwoods, and we have a, a caterer come in or sh- a chef um, with some sort of food that is tied into the show Mm -hmm. and then we break bread with them as a cast and talk about the themes of the play and yeah I think that that's that's again one of those ways in which theater is different than watching something yeah something that isolates you from Mm -hmm. community it really builds it and reinforces it and gives you that time to um break down what you just saw um, what's the imagery? How does this pertain to my life? Like, it's the decompression that happens afterward, which is where I want to live in my audience, you mm-hmm. know? How, how do we apply that to our lives? How do we emotionally heal or grow from what we just saw? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's art. Yeah. And so Feed really does that, I think. Because um, you get time... It's coursed out pairings, so you get time to talk about, you know, what you just saw. Um, I just always want to start dialogue about what people enjoyed. What did you not enjoy? Just because you didn't enjoy it, does that mean it wasn't successful? Mm -hmm. These kinds of conversations. Because there's a lot of stuff that I don't, that I think is incredibly successful that I don't, might not like aesthetically or, um, like, uh, I mean... Like, we were talking about um, trying to do this script, mm-hmm. and the subject matter is not something that the catamounts usually do, nor is it really a pleasant conversation to have. Mm-hmm. But as artists, like, what are we doing? Just, are we only tackling the pre- pleasant things? That doesn't seem very um, fruitful or, mm-hmm. or positive to me um, as an artist. So, um, anyway... I just like having dialogue, and yeah. um, I want our audiences to be feel comfortable in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were doing a talk back after Guards of the Taj, and um, we did for Betsy. You do a talk back after opening night, pretty much after every single show, um, except for the opening and closing. Oh wow! And it was really it, it, you know when as an actor, and you hear that for me, I go like, oh damn, every night. Yeah, and then. But to, it, you were you were like itching for a good conversation to happen. Yeah. And and uh, with that show, we had a lot every single night. It was really cool. One guy in particular stuck around to tell us that he hated it. 
Oh, cool. And it was, I, that Ooh, was I love awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah. You stayed for the entire two hour show uh-huh. to have a conversation about what you didn't like about it. And, and we went and, and, and was he it like politically he didn't, he hated get... my character. He thought my choices were terrible. <gasps> Ooh, he attacked your he, acting? He te- not, not my acting, per se, but the choices that were made to, like, the presentation of the man. And oh. so he didn't like the man. So he thought, he, he said, like, first thing he said was, like, um, guys, awesome work. It was great. Such a well-acted play. Oh, okay. But I hated it. Hmm. Per- more than that, and he pointed right at me. I hated, <laughs> I hated Humayun. And, uh, and, and the second he did that, like, I was sitting back in my chair and he points at me and I'm like, oh, yeah. Bring it. Lean it. And I just lean in and let, him, and let him explain to me why. He wasn't trying to be hurtful at all, but he was, he felt safe enough and comfortable enough to share what he felt about, um, my character's manhood and called that into question. And I thought it was like, and at the end of our back and forth, it was like, it was like, sir, I'm so glad you stuck around. That's exactly the point. Those I want to be having more conversations with people like you who see a play that challenges all these social norms to a degree, mm-hmm. this following a, a leader blindly mm-hmm. and, and and has an opposing viewpoint on it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's like we, we, I want to talk to you about it. By the end of it, we're shaking hands and being cordial. Are we right. going to be friends and maybe vote the same way? I don't know. Probably not. Right. But... At least we have the conversation and there's mutual respect there. I think if you are involved in that type of theater and can have those conversations, it it, it doesn't have to end there. Right. They take it. That means it mother. was successful yeah. if it starts a conversation. And it goes and it goes some someplace else. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I want to backtrack and talk to you a little bit. And we were talking. You had mentioned kind of like how the theater medium stays uh-huh. going and doing yeah. things that film doesn't do what do you feel theater is on life support is it in hospice care or is it <laughs> here's the thing is theater is never going to die by nature we are storytelling animals mm-hmm. and oral tradition is not going to stop mm-hmm. um i think and i've i've thought this for just for years and years and years um as a millennial. I don't even think I'm a millennial. I hate I think, technology I too much to be a millennial. You? I'm about to be 34 next week. Oh, yeah, no. We're, you're just in the cusp. Same with me. I don't feel like one. Yeah. But, like, not that it's bad or anything. I mean, no. the other generations have done way worse. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, but Especially this next generation behind us. Yeah. Fuck you. But uh, <laughs> I guess mean, mainly what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, yeah. um, as somebody who grew up with TV, like... I was like, that was my babysitter, basically, oh, yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody who loves TV and film, uh, I've always known that it's such a new art form in the grand scheme of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's so new that, of course, we're going to be like enthralled with it. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do we manipulate it? How, how do we tell stories in this, yeah. f- in this frame? Mm-hmm. How does it, how is it going to change society? Yeah. And so of course there was a, there's been a huge, um, push away from theater. I think that the biggest problem that theater has right now mm-hmm. is, um, doing the same thing, presenting itself in the same way that it traditionally has. It's not growing, it's not growing yeah. and we can blame audiences all we want, 
But if we're not challenging each other to do new things, Mm -hmm. to challenge our audience to think outside the box, if we're not doing that, Mm -hmm. of course, if we're just placating our audience, already our subscribers, then of course they're going to pass away because such is life. Yeah. Um, We have to be asking young people what they want to see and this whole idea of community building again when we go back to that and the social Mm -hmm. component of performance like i can the unique thing about theater is it doesn't exist without an audience it's not like i can paint a painting and show you later Mm -hmm. it's not like i can record my album and play it for you later if there's no audience yeah (laughs) Or this podcast. Um, If if we don't have that audience there, we Mm. don't. Then we're just kind of masturbating and for ourselves. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's imperative that we get audiences, but we've got to we've got to make them feel welcome and not preached at and not told. You know, this is what you're supposed to get out of this, and this is what your views should be. That's why I like that guy that said I hated it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what I want. And there are some theaters in town that have stayed true to that course no matter what. And I really admire them for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I think we've got to try different things. Try anybody that tries something new. Mm-hmm. And challenges what I previously thought. Anybody that does that, I'm going to like their show. Yeah. Um, I just thought an immersive work a few months ago that, you know, I don't think hit all its marks. But I was so excited to be experiencing, mm-hmm. experiencing the performance and being present with my neighbor. And um, the takeaway was huge, I think, that Roush is going to be better, but well, of course. <laughs> I but saw of the course, picture. I think that I know the people involved. Oh, the picture you mean the one where we look like we're the just standing cover, around the creepy album cover. Oh, I didn't even think of it as an album oh, yeah. cover. Oh, it's totally it's totally a Kentucky bluegrass band. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> I'm gonna have to re I'm gonna have to re look at that picture. I just like saw that I was tagged in a picture, and I always go, uh oh. Yeah. Anytime I'm tagged in anything, I'm like, ugh. Is it a still shot from a commercial? I hope not. Oh, no. That commercial's so bad. <laughs> I think I've made a name for myself in the commercial world is the, that girl that can make that gross face. The gross face? The gross face. That's yeah. impossible for you. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty gross. There it is. <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got their niche market in yeah. the in the corporate world, and mm-hmm. so I feel like that's mine. It's just making that. You just make you just make you make the stank face. Mm-hmm. Like, uh huh. Nice. That's uh-huh. that's really. Call good. me if you have any work where yeah. you need a stank face. <laughs> we should. T- can you put that on your resume? Um, Probably have special skills. Yeah, specialize in stank face. Oh my god, I'll put it right next to my tassel twirling. Is Ooh, on, you twirl tassels? Um, I did. Um, I. For John Ashton, I was his AD, and I played the stripper in The Graduate years mm-hmm. ago. And um, Charlie Packer got me bur- a burlesque lesson for it, and so I tassel twirled. Nice. Yeah. It was the last time I was nude on stage. Is that true? Let's, do, let's go Probably. back to the memory bank. Yeah, like, is that true? 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I put it under special skills. Nice. Yeah. That's 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 impressive. I would do it. Yeah. Um, all I've got on there is um, really good at Madden and dialect. Like I can play. Like I can do. I can do a pretty meme. Ooh, I should put. Um, like I I'm settle really good at on Madden. there. Set. I we've been playing a lot of Settlers of Catan lately. <laughs> yes. So I could pe- say that I'm really good at Settlers of Catan. You should throw, totally throw that on there. Yeah, throw down the gauntlet on the Settlers. That's right. Um, you know where to find her, folks. It's out in the fields doing Roush, but also playing Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Go go see some theater. Go see a dance piece. Go see some live music. Absolutely. Experience it. I th- before, yeah. we, before we get close to the end here, when we, I'm so glad you used the word experience. Yeah. A, a show. Experience the presentness with their neighbor. I, I, I think that is one of the things I think a lot of theater right now needs. It, it <clears throat> my favorite, my most favorite moments whenever I've seen a play or seen a movie mm-hmm. is that shared, or <gasps> the, that yeah. with more than just myself and my neighbor. It's like yeah. the entire room when you feel it. Because when you're on stage and you feel it, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've got right. twenty people, fifty people, hundred people eating the same moment. Yeah, like that's 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 when, community yeah, for sure. That's when you get. That's when you're changing people because yeah. they can't help but feel that. Mm-hmm. And whether it's an uncomfortable thing or whatever, it's mm, that's the good shit right there. Yeah. What is a what is a piece of advice? As I like to say, what is the what is some ghost light you wish was left on for you uh, before <laughs> you got into the game? What is that? What is I'm like with? so bad at advice. Like I need I'm so much guidance. <clears throat> I'm constantly asking other people. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> What do you think I should do in this scenario? And people are like, "What are you talking about?" Definitely I'm don't like, mix your colors with your whites in the laundry. Yeah, don't do that. That's that's good advice. Yeah. Don't put your wools in the dryer. Yeah, don't do that. Um, don't put a sports coat in the dryer, Sam. I think. <laughs> ooh, did right, you? Yeah, oh was, no, I wasn't paying attention last night. Dry clean they, only. Yeah, dry clean only. Um, I think that I would. I grew up in a really like both my parents were engineers so Mm. it was very much like do not do this do not do this Mm. I guess I would say be much more open to what to do's Mm. um say yes say yes more but also like I was talking about the head and the heart for Mm. me as an actor like that technical ability versus the emotional um I I think follow your intuition more I try to reason myself out of things a lot of the time yeah. and I find that it's just because I'm acting on fear instead of love so act more out of love and I mean actions not like on stage but on stage too mm-hmm. but um and support each other the more we support each other as a community the better our community is going to be. Absolutely. I'm really sick. Can I tell you what I'm sick of? Yes, of course you can. <laughs> I'm really sick of hearing actors say, what are they doing here? Why aren't they in New York? It makes me uh, furious. Yeah. Not only does it discredit them the- and the person they're talking about, mm-hmm. it discredits us as a community. It's like, and and when I moved out here... Everybody was like, why aren't you going to Chicago? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm trying to make whatever community I'm in deserves good art. And like, why don't we build each other up as artists? Absolutely. So. There you go. That's what I. I, I love that. That's what I want to say. That's a, that's a great that's, point. That's advice. So. Yeah. 
No. Build each other up. Build each other up. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, another way to build each other up. Give the Ghost Lights podcast a five-star review on iTunes. <laughs> You're really hustling that five-star. Uh, apparently it matters. I so feel I'm like, like this, is, this was five-star worthy. I think so. I mean, I know I'm talking about my own talking, but... No. I, I, I think it's five stars. I, I, want, I want all of my guests to feel like that was fun. That was a good time. Okay. That was a five-star review. I would agree. Having Laura Lounge on was it was a it was an absolute oh, treat. Thank you, and I was on my best behavior. You were on your best <laughs> behavior. We only had to use the Rubik's cube. The once. Rubik's cube once, and I don't even think I f bombed. No, I did though. Yay! For sure. <laughs> Sorry, that's, no fucks. If you know me, that's really really <laughs> fucking good for me. Oh no! <laughs> well, at least we got outside we of go. an hour before it happened. Great. Yeah, um, ladies and gentlemen, again the actress. The artist is Laura Lounge. Director. Director. There we go. Catch her with the Catamounts in Roush. They can get their tickets at thecatamounts.org? Well, it, it'll be brown paper tickets. Brown paper tickets. Um, and it opens the end of May. So you got some time. Yeah. You got some time to see other work mm-hmm. in between there. So please, do what she said. Go experience okay. some shows. Anything that that makes you feel good and challenges you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's an oldie done in a new way. Yeah. Make it happen. Um, once again, folks, this is the Ghost Lights Podcast. We're signing off with the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. The song is War. Find us on Podbean. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Share it with your friends, your family. It's, uh, it's like a doobie to be passed around. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Literally! Huh? All right, maybe that was a little over Oh, no, time. you're just trying to fill for the loading of the song. The, the people at home don't need to know that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Miss Blow Up the Spot for me. <laughs> I know. Told you. Right now, can you be quiet so it sounds dramatic like I'm in a studio? <laughs> this is Big Money Fangs. I took the top off. <laughs> DJ Khaled. <laughs> Come to the Catamounts fundraiser. Do it! DJ Khaled will be there. That's right. That's DJ Enwar. Oh, wait. DJ Enwar. Uh-huh. I thought it was Noir. Some people do. <laughs> but that's not the case. Okay, great. <laughs>